Welcome to Bing Bong's Bobby Show. It's kind of like a little cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode seven of Recorded Therapy Sessions. My name is Jake, and tonight is a very special night. Of course, I'm always joined by David Hartzell right across mm-hmm. from me. And the beautiful Wayman Fung. Hello. Right over on the couch. Hi. But what makes this day special is that we are actually recording this in person. And it feels good to feels good to be back together. Is this true? Yeah. I'm with it. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Wayman crushed it with such a <laughs> sick Korean barbecue <laughs> oh dinner. Oh my gosh. Out on the patio. Thank with you. Drinks to pair, conversation. Weird is lit on some KBBQ. No <laughs> oh. Damn, glad you if, guys enjoyed. Always, dude. It's just, it feels much more natural mm. to actually have everyone together in the same room. Yeah. I mean, we are distanced. Six feet. But mm-hmm. definitely. But we are at least in the same room. So it's all, I can see faces. There's something that's lost over Zoom and other recording technologies because I can't see like David twitching mm-hmm. and I can't see My Wayman. Twitches are a big part of how I communicate. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't see Wayman just under the table flipping eggs mm. or cooking something as he's recording a podcast. And, <laughs> and what he cooks is also a great indication of his self-expression. It's what makes you you. Thanks, mm-hmm. Thanks if it's, guys. If it's over easy eggs, you know he's he's stoked. I love I love a good over easy. Not a big fan of scrambled. Uh huh. Scrambled means he's a little timid. This conversation, maybe we should move on to a new topic. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about a lot of topics. And we have so, I feel like we have so many good topics, but tonight we are talking about friendships. Oh, Mm. oh boy. Here we go. No, but we are thinking (laughs) about this topic and it's really fascinating. I don't know how many times people actually take the time to think about friendships and what is, what does that actually entail? What does that look like? Why do you become friends with the people that you do? Mm. There was a great question posed to us earlier, and I guess that's actually probably a good question to kind of start off this friendship conversation, so I'll pose it again. Think of the friend that you've been friends with for the longest amount of time. How have you been able to maintain that friendship throughout life? Mm. I'm going to start this one because this one probably really hits home for me. So I have my really good best friend. We've been friends since K4. When we started school, I think I was either three or four years old, started at K4, and we literally grew up together. And he was a lonely child, so he didn't have any siblings or anything like that. I only had sisters, so I had two older sisters. So we basically became friends, and I was also fr- became friends with some of his friends too, but mostly we were friends together. And I could imagine saying he was almost like a brother in a way that I never had an older brother or like sibling-wise. So over time, we definitely had our differences. He was definitely more religious than I was. And the main thing that put us together was mutual respect. You know, we respected one another. It was never of like, you need to know this specific religion or you need to follow this or you need to practice this. I sometimes will practice it every once in a while, but it wasn't like we went to the same church or anything like that. But we actually went from K-4 to 8th grade together. And then high school, we separated, but we kept in contact because he went to a charter school and I went to a public school. And that was just easier for my parents back then. We would always, you know, call each other, text Gaia online, if anybody's familiar with like that form style 
Man, uh, it was eighth grade when I started Gaia Online and like you would buy these like stupid monthly items from them. Mm -hmm. And there were some cool items that you can get, right? And you would just, you know, deck out your avatar and stuff, play games like, you know, flash games on on Mm -hmm. the internet and stuff like that. RuneScape. Yeah, yeah. RuneScape. Shout out RuneScape. He was a big RuneScape. He actually got me into PC. Mm. So he played RuneScape, then switched to WoW, and then switched to Guild War. Mm. And he was the first one that had the Xbox. So we played Xbox too. It's a dangerous path you led you down. (laughs) Yeah, he did. But I think it wasn't till college time is when we actually still, is when we kind of, our friendship, I don't think ever separated. It's just that we went into different paths. So I went, I went through that college experience. So partying, fraternity, and doing like some studying and stuff like that. He went a different route. He did a little bit of the stereotypical college stuff, but then he figured out that it wasn't healthy for him. So he went to the more religious side of things. And we still, again, mutual respect. It wasn't like, do you get your religion out of this apartment or something like that? Because we were roommates. We were roommates from freshman year all the way up to when we graduated, which I wasn't there for graduation, but I still paid rent for the room that I was living in. Just And I'm going to miss this, but did you go to the same college as well? Yeah, we did go to the same college as mm-hmm. well. And the reason why I knew or he showed me the college was because I even talked to him about going to culinary school at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I can't, like, my parents don't want me to go to culinary school. And so he was the one that pitched me that there was a hospitality restaurant program at that specific college. And so that's how I got to NAU at that point. So you roomed with them for four years? For four years, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And it was a good experience. We we did have one point an extra roommate at that time. Mm-hmm. And eh, it wasn't the best roommate situation, you know. You're not still, like, best buds with that, homie? No, we, no. Well, I mean, we're still good buds. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I try to contact him as much as I can if I think about it. It's more of I think. For you guys, you are in my mutual vicinity, so I will contact you more before I contact him. And plus, now he has a house. He has a kid. He has a wife. Mm. It's like he's he's awesome. He's like in a good situation. I contact him every once in a while and just to catch up, see how he's doing, make sure everything is good. If, if there was any situation that he was in and he needed help, I would drop everything to help him out. Right. That's how much of a friend I have for him that's my friendship meter for him and i think that's for me when it comes to friendships and how i keep things together is you know constant contact and respect like some of my fraternity brothers that i went to school with you know i don't talk to them as much probably not at all really unless i'm like going to go visit be like hey i'm in town i want to see your face type situation yeah yeah most of the time i'm not gonna go out of the way and give them a call check up on them and everything like that so it's it's not totally constant contact right it's it's more if the convenient situation arises, you're like, absolutely, I need to see this person. Like I'm within you know X number of miles of their city and psh, I have to stop by. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. But that's my thing when it comes to how I keep friends, mm-hmm. friendships is definitely I think it has to do with respect. If we both are aligned with respecting each other, then I think we will always be in the same loop. And I think that's an interesting point you bring up about aligning because is your idea of respect very similar to their idea of respect. Correct, yeah. Where maybe they don't expect you to be constantly hitting them up with a text, being like, how's your day, boo? Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, if you stop by my town, you have to come visit, you know? Where the same would go vice versa, where they're like, if we're ever in Boise, we have to see Wayman. Mm-hmm. And it's a, that kind of respect that's mutually understood and mutually shared expectations in that relationship. 
I think a cool thing about diving into friendships is, Jake had mentioned this before, that it's not something that's always talked about or thought about or given a lot of attention. And so when we take the time to think about it, we realize it's not too different than a lot of relationships in life, but we do have a layer of evaluating our relationships in terms of friendships that goes roughly along those lines where we say like a good friendship, we need to have that mutual understanding of what are our expectations for each other. Nobody actually writes out or like <laughs> explicitly states what those expectations are. You know, nobody ever says, are we, are we officially friends now? Right. You know, <laughs> in the same way they like, are we boyfriend, girlfriend now? You know, <laughs> and nobody says things like, okay, so at this point in our relationship, I think we should be texting each other every day. <laughs> With friendships, it's something that no one takes the time to think about, it takes the time to define, but there's these layers of establishing that everyone does. Right. You know? So for you, you're like, hey, we have this mutual respect, but for you, that's something very distinct. Whereas Jake and I might have a totally different idea between some of our longest lasting friends of what that mutual respect might mean. And I think it's really fascinating to explore. Well, it's, it's super interesting because I think of, you're exactly right, I think of any friendship that I've had. And when you look back to when was the first time, when was the day that you knew that you two were friends? And so true. I don't know. I, I yeah, think yeah. Of, yeah. I could pick I could pick five of my closest friends and you could ask me, yeah, what was the event? What was the day that that happened? Most of the time, there's not going to be, unless you, unless you go through an event together mm, right. or something like that. Right. Most of the time, I have to think back and I go, yeah, I don't know. One day yeah. we weren't talking and then we started talking and then <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, two months down the road, I'm hanging out at their house every day. Or, you know? Yeah. 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 I think for you and I, where we've moved entire states throughout our life, we have these moments where we can say, I remember first meeting that person, mm -hmm. but it almost felt like we were always friends in, in a weird forever sense. You know, it's an eternal connection. It's um, like, it's almost <laughs> like a click. You yeah. just like, yeah, it's just a snap. Ooh, that's what I want to dive into eventually down is what is that? What's that click? Oh, what is right. that? How yeah, does yeah. that happen? But let's get into that later. Mm. David, when you think about your longest term, like longest lasting friendships, right? What's made, what's kept that train going? You know, I'd say from the high school relationships, I have probably a handful where we were all really, really close in high school, always hanging out. And then in college, it was whenever we're all back home, we have to meet up for these various things. You know, we had classic events like bros giving. So Thanksgiving, everyone comes home has a big meal together at one of our friends' houses. And mm -hmm. then Christmas, we do a little party. New Year's Eve, maybe we do a little party. You know, one of, our, one of our guys always has to host a bonfire out of his farmhouse, stuff like that. So classic moments where whenever we're all back home from college, we'd always have to hang out. And that was expected. We always would want people to be there. We'd always be bummed if they couldn't make it. And that lasted for a while. Even some of these friendships too, we had annual traditions too with going to the Wisconsin Dells. That was a big mm. one where we, we always had this one campground that we would go to mm. and we would always spend the day out at Wisconsin Dells. And then we would end the evening going to some like mini putt-putt place. <laughs> <laughs> the classic pirate one. I can't remember the name of it if anyone can think of it. But I feel like I should know this. Like this is, this is like you situation. That was my old turf. I feel like I should know this. Yeah. All these places <laughs> you start to blend together now eventually. Dude. But. Anyways, so a big part of staying in contact with those people once we left high school and mm -hmm. we all moved away from our hometown was tradition. We established these random, goofy, stupid traditions and they were just events, right? They were like, okay, around this time of year, we all have to get together and do something and do this specific thing because we all want to go back and do it. And so those 
good quality, but like goofy and also pretty meaningless traditions have really kept some of my longest lasting relationships. And then even after graduation from college, we all went on to different states. The other thing that's been keeping us in contact has been video games. I'd say, you know, I'm over 1,600 miles from most of these friends. And the best way to keep in contact and still have a bonding connection, because I think that's very important. So there's one aspect, which is we can catch up on the phone, but it doesn't necessarily have this layer of bonding us that something like a video game can do from a very long distance, which is really cool. So I'm very thankful that I have friends who we're all interested in trying to find like some games that we can play together. But yeah, I'd say, okay, so things that have really been great connection tools for keeping in contact. I mean, the obvious is group chats and actually talking to each other, right? That's essential. But I think for bonding experiences, those would be games and traditions. Okay. It's Jake, almost like, I, I almost feel like that's traditions. Let's say a bro's giving, mm. if you were still doing that, I must feel like it ties into accountability where it's almost like, this is the thing that we're doing. Are you, you're joining, right? Mm. You're still coming. And mm. it's, it's something to not only look forward to, but a social obligation that right. keeps you accountable going like, well, oh, you're going, well, then I got to go. Right. I have to be there. If Steezy's going to be there, then I got to go. <laughs> Steezy. Because I'm crusty. <laughs> and Steezy and Krusty come together, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we know. got Dusty. He's flaky. Steezy. <laughs> no, that's cool, though. That's such a good way because that's not, that's not the way that I viewed friendships kind of through the lens of traditions. So that's a cool, that's a unique perspective, hmm. I feel, on what keeps a friendship going. How about you, Jake? What's uh, some of your longest friendships that you've had? I think for me, I'm kind of going to go off of what Wayman said, hmm. but it is... It's mutual respect and understanding. My my longest friend I've known since second grade, and we went all through school together, up to high school. We parted ways different states for college, and the older we get, the farther apart we live. Right. Because <laughs> now it's complete opposite sides of the country. <laughs> Even opposite sides of the world at one point. Oh, wow. But it's that understanding. It's kind of unique because I feel like myself and him included or any friends, 50% of you is still the same person that you first became friends with back in second grade. Yeah, yeah. There's still 50% yeah. of you is never going to yeah. change. That is uniquely you. But then there's that 50% that is always morphing and changing as you grow and develop and develop other interests. That's where the respect part comes in, mm. where you go, hey, yeah, totally at this stage in your life, mm. you're, you love botany. Man, you just love planting plants. <laughs> I don't understand it. I hate planting plants. But you know what, though? That's cool, man. You do you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think it's just being open-minded and willing to let that other person, this probably relates a lot into romantic relationships, which what, sure. would, what would we, what would we know about that? No, but seriously, it's same, any relationships, it's, it's acknowledging and being open-minded to being like, okay, this person is not going to stay the same. Mm. They're going to change. I'm going to change. That's cool. Let's accept it. Let's move forward with it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm coming from. What is that. what are some of the most bonding or connecting things that you've seen that's kept you maintaining the connection since second grade? Like that's remarkable. How, how twenty is that over twenty years. Yeah. Mm. I'm sick of him. <laughs> no, I, wow. Seriously, but how and we're not you stayed that well connected. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a, okay. That's a really good question. Great question. How do we how do we stay in connection? Mm. That's also changed throughout the years. As much as I 
hate social media, social media was a big one, especially right. when we parted ways after mm -hmm. high school. That we were able to, even something as simple as posting photos, connecting, texting, yeah. that's pretty straightforward. But after that, video games have played into it mm -hmm. even recently now. Yeah. Playing video games online on certain days, that definitely helps. I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, in this particular case, it was just texting back and forth and then getting together when we could. Most of the time mm -hmm. Christmas or maybe in the summer, every, I try to return home in the summer and which it's just, actually, it doesn't even matter where home is. It's wherever one of us is located almost at least once a year, we will try to get in contact in, in mm -hmm. hang out physically wherever we are. Right. And that's the cool thing I've been able to, we've been able to meet up back in our hometown. Mm -hmm. We've been able to meet up wherever he's living, wherever I'm living. They were overseas for a while. I went to visit them overseas. You know, that's the cool part for me. Absolutely. Dang. Yeah. All the way in Seoul, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Across the, the GD world. Wait, Jake, you went to Korea? Uh, twice, actually. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I kind of like, kind of know a thing or two about like Korean stuff. <laughs> But I feel like that's the crazy thing, too. It's just, you know, social media or just electronic media in general. Video games is a common theme with us, right? Just playing video games with each other. That's how we connect. But then also getting posts on Instagram where there's a picture of that friend doing something, right? Or just, oh, just put it in a tree or something. It's like, man, it almost feels like it's a good talking point. Like sometimes for me, when I see my friend actually post something, I'll actually message him just saying, yeah. it's almost like a reminder to actually say, hey, what's up, dude? How are mm, you doing? Totally. That's yeah. actually a really great point. It is kind of like, it's a <laughs> yeah. social reminder. Hey, check in with this person. Yeah. You know, I just had a conversation with my mother the other day and I was like, I've been calling them and doing a Zoom thing here and there to like keep in contact with these people. She's like, oh, goodness, your generation is so good with that. <laughs> and, you know, we we are the generation that grew up as that came into being. Yeah. Our parents didn't have that growing up. And it probably had a significant impact on the way that they would answer these questions that we're asking each other, oh, which is totally. like, you know, how did they maintain their longest lasting friendships? And I think that's it was reduced down to phone landlines, phone numbers. I'm trying to think right. back for any friends uh -huh. that my parents had. Well, even mail. They would actually do, he, yeah. write out an actual card. I remember my <laughs> yeah. parents would always get a card in the mail and it would just have Chinese characters on it. And I would instinctively know if it was my name addressed to it because it would be like a birthday card mm -hmm. or it was a card to my, my parents. And I'd just be like, don't know the characters, here you go. So most of the time it's like going to my parents. But then yeah. I would just see like notes and they'll have the Chinese written out. And then there'd be an English translation of what that message was hmm. so that I could read it. Oh, which was nice. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So that I feel like we've answered that question. I kind of want to shift gears because here's something that I get really interested about. Mm. High school is a great example of this or even or even college. Okay. Let's just say, for example, you have a core group of five best friends. You guys are hanging out. You're doing bros giving. You're giving mm. yourselves crisp high fives in the high school hallways. You know, you're, you're a team. Yeah. You split off for college and the five of you keep talking. And then maybe about six months to a year. Yeah, five are still talking. Maybe you keep going to 18 months. All of a sudden, well, four. You know, someone kind of dropped off the map. Four talking. More time goes on. Well, now you're down to three. Time goes on. Two. All of a sudden, you're left with two or one. Mm-hmm. What happened? What what happened there? I really want to... Uh, I was thinking about this as well. 
One of the things that stood out to me was, Wayman, when you were describing your relationships and your friendships, you kept mentioning things like, you know, well, now he's got a, a wife and kids. And for me, that stands out in the sense of when we cross the threshold of graduation from, say, like college or high school or wherever people are at, and you enter into this weird, undefined land of adulthood that's up to people to like decide when the next big milestones are. Right. They're going to happen at different times for different people. And what I mean by that is whatever chapter of life that you're in right now might be different than what your classic age-old friends might be going through. And so one of those might be, okay, you know, good old Jerry, he's he's settling down. He's got a family now. He's in a whole nother chapter of life that I'm not in. All of a sudden, there's this little bit of difference between us. And we start to see things a little bit differently. Our conversations end up a little bit different. I think those, unfortunately, tend to lend a little bit more on the side of, huh, we're not relating to each other in exactly all the same ways. And, you know, maybe you don't have the same priorities anymore either. And when that happens, that might lend itself to a situation in which, oh, you know, now you're down to two, two of those close buddies again. But wait a sec. I thought in order to have like a long lasting friendship or something, it's as long as you guys are open minded and you're willing to right. connect and accept the differences and that you guys are going to change through time, then hypothetically, we should be able to maintain those friendships now. Well, I also think it has to do with um, give and take, right? So there always has to be some type of relationship. And when I say relationship, I mean some type of communication, right? Because a lot of times, like with most of my friends, for example, high school friends, I actually haven't talked to most of my high school friends because we don't communicate. And so a lot of times we've drifted apart. And so they'll be like, oh, what happened to that one high school friend? I'd be like, I don't know. Like they haven't, they, they're not posting on social media. We're not friends anymore. Communicating wise, they changed their number. They've moved. There's no way to contact them at that point. And I think that's where you're still friends in a more theoretical standpoint. Mm. But when it comes to like a physical where you can actually communicate and actually interact with one another, it's almost non-existent. So the question would be, is friendship a more interactive, like physical thing? Or can it just be theoretical where it's just like, yeah, that guy's my friend. Right. Because that, that kind of poses the question of, you know, if you were to meet back up with uh, Stevie, mm. even if you haven't talked to him in freaking two years, what if immediately you say, Stevie, and he's like, hey, and boom, you hit it off immediately. You're right back to where you were as if you were just hanging out yesterday. And it's like nothing's ever changed before, even though, you know, you haven't kept in good contact at all. Is it possible to develop those types of friendships that seem to be lifelong without any need for maintenance whatsoever? (laughs) It's just like, if you see each other, boom, you're still good friends. So, you know, what's interesting with that, though, that I kind of want to explore is I feel like a lot of times we get into this, I'm going to call it a cycle. Okay. But you're friends with the people in high school, you leave you go and you experience college, maybe you change up a little bit, but then you get back together. And then it's the classic adage, right? Nothing's ever changed. Oh man, you haven't changed one bit. You're the same old Jake. Are the lasting friendships ones where maybe the people, the individual should be changing and going, oh yeah, you're still Wayman, Mm. but oh, you've changed a little bit. Or could it potentially be negative does that indicate that there's no growth if year Mm. after year you come back and go oh man you're just you're the same old guy you know you've never changed and you're just falling right back into this role that maybe you still were playing out when you were 18 
Does that, hopefully well, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a. But I mean, you mentioned earlier, Jake, that with some of your closest friendships that you've had throughout so many different stages of life, you still have that 50% of each other that remains and is like pretty constant and not changing. So I do wonder if, you know, if there's that core 50% of you that's like, ah, oh, that's always Jake, you know, oh, we're always going to know him for that. That kind of might never go away. And that might not be a sign of, you know, you're not growing or maturing or anything like that. It could just be like, as is a core personality trait of Jake, and he likes to keep that, and he probably will keep that the rest of his life. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a sign of not growing, because that could almost be seen as, this guy is just not going anywhere in life, right? You know, so that, may have, that may have been so, a way too directed question. I don't know what... Well, like, so I guess... <laughs> just kidding. In regards to, like, stages, right, in, in relationships and friendships and stuff like that, I think, like, for me, if there is a change with a friend, I would want it to be positive. It can't be negative. And when I say negative is, like, they dive into things that they shouldn't be doing. So I guess one example is one of my friends got into drugs. He explored drugs. He really liked it and didn't want to get out of it. Or, you know, he went way too, way into it. And where it was just mm. like, dude, your personality is changing. Mm. Is this actually you? Right. Or is this really detrimental to the yeah. you that I've always known? You know? Yeah. And so I think like for me, that friendship isn't at its best anymore. Now we are more like acquaintances than actually friends. But that makes sense to me because that sounds like it took a it took a turn for the worse. Not to be dramatic, but like it took mm -hmm. a turn for the worse, mm -hmm. and you no longer see eye to eye. Maybe there's a there's a disconnect because you no longer want to be open minded to see those changes because maybe they're not positive changes. Right, and I and I think it, to kind of just connect it, it has to deal with also respect too. Because there was a certain point where he disrespected me mm. in in our friendship, and that's where I was like turn on me once cut that's it don't like don't even try Ooh, don't frick with when <laughs> he doesn't give second chances no but <laughs> i want to touch on an idea which is uh do you think you know when it comes to a relationship with a spouse you okay. have to have a lot of things that align perfectly but with friends you find yourself with friendships with all kinds of different people but how much for you in particular each of you do a sense of alignment on values play into your friendships Lots. Okay. So if someone starts to grow apart from you in that sense, where they're like, oh, I start to value this more and more. And you're like, oh, that's definitely something like the two of us have never valued before. In effect, we value the kind of opposite thing. That friendship becomes strained and then slowly fades. Totally. I've experienced it firsthand. I, in general, I like to consider myself a very open-minded person. Okay. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're, you're interested in this thing. Or whatever it is, and your values may be different from mine. That's cool. It's okay. We can we can hang out. I think I place a lot more emphasis on values than I think I realize. Because any friendships that I've had that have been long lasting, we've been similar, maybe with our values. And I think for me, this is maybe where I want to hear from both of you about this. But for me, I think what's key in a friendship is the relatability piece. Almost in a sense of like, can I see myself in your situation? And I mm. think more and more mm -hmm. that the people that I like, the people that I'm drawn to, the people that I have close friendships with, it's almost like in a sense that we could probably swap places hmm. and and there wouldn't be much change. Hmm. Um, like it wouldn't be a huge life choice. And this is an interesting idea that I want to explore because I've, I've thought of this idea as the words are coming out of my mouth right now. And so <laughs> I'm just talking through it uh -huh. because I think about all my 
all my closest friends, it's all people that we have maybe similar backgrounds or just similar interests. And now I've, I've interested myself in this idea of if you were to swap places with that person, how much of a change would it be? And if it's a huge drastic change, there's probably a good chance that we're not friends. Well, I don't want to be, there's yeah. a good chance that we're not friends. <laughs> well, no, maybe but, relatable. Yeah. Right. right? Cause birds of a, f- sorry, birds <laughs> of a feather. Fly. No, I just thought of like for me, together. <laughs> Is that a song? No, it's by Wolfpack. Anyway, dude, I'm I'm just finding that that <laughs> that phrase is becoming more and more relevant to me, or I'm realizing how relevant it's been throughout my life for me and my hmm. relationships. It's birds of a feather flock together. That's true. I mean, I would consider our situation right now. It's like almost like a wolf pack where we basically squad. Yeah, it's a squad. <laughs> yeah, just put <laughs> it. But. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's just, um, no, I definitely understand that, that piece. There's also a piece where it's mutual benefit, where it's almost, it's definitely what can I gain from this friendship? Hmm. Like almost like creating the business term, like, oh yeah, you got a network. It's you an know? exchange. Right. But I also think too, taking an example from when I did my Disney college program, one of my really good friends that I made from there, we literally hit it off at the beginning of check-in. So basically we checked in at the apartment and I think that friendship was more of a mutual benefit than an actual friendship. I, I would, you know, I would hang out with him and stuff like that, but it almost felt that there was some type of like give and take situation. Like what am I providing him? Oh, another friend that, you know, is relatable that works at the same company. Right. But for this friend, I literally got dropped off at the gate and they're like, oh, you got to check in? I'm like, yep, got to check in. And then I just walk in and then the guy behind me is just like, oh man, I got here like a day early and this is really cool. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm here for the Disney college program, you know? And we basically met in line. We talked a little bit, just kind of figured out each other. And then literally it was more of, I think also there's a, a point where you have to jump where you have to jump into Mm -hmm. the relationship. Like, do you want to engage it? Like, I know we were talking about how some friendships are just like, it clicks instantaneously. Mm -hmm. I think it was that, but it was more of just, I still want to be friends with him and I don't want to lose out because we may, this apartment complex is so big. There's actually like three different apartment complex that you can be Mm -hmm. situated in. He's like, yeah, let's room together. I initially was like, is is it cool? Do you want to be roommates? And he's like, yeah, let's just do it. And like, I'm 21, you're 21. Let's stick together, right? Yeah. Drinking club for life. (laughs) Yep. Don't tell our mothers. That's right. (laughs) But that's, that's, that's the thing. It was like, there was a mutual benefit at that point with that person because then I didn't feel like I was by myself. Like I didn't have to make Mm. more friends. I mean, I did, but I think there is always in the friendship part, there is the ones that click, the ones that give you respect, and then the ones that are a mutual benefit. Like what can I gain from you and what can you gain from me? Well, there's also this aspect of you're both in it together. You both have the same, for instance, had you not roomed with them, would you just be stuck with some random assigned person? Yeah. Right. So at that point, it's not an exchange so much as you're working together. You're kind of in the same situation and you're like, how can we make this the best that we can? You work together, you, you figure something out and you make it better for both of you. Right. You know, but you did point out one thing, which is, you know, it never had to happen. Like, yes, we had those aspects of relatability along the way. But the fact that you two were intentional to take it a step further and do something about it made it into a friendship rather than just, oh, that's another cool mutual connection. Like, oh yeah, I remember Steve-O. But like nothing ever came of that because nobody took an initiative. So there is always that step of jumping in, like you're saying, where someone has to be intentional and say, hey, you're cool. We connect, we click, let's chill. 
and take it to the next level. <sighs> no, 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 I agree. I think it's interesting. That's why they say for folks that go to college, they say, you know, oh, the friends that you make in college are going to be your lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's because you're all in the same, you're all in the same boat, right? Mm -hmm. You got the same, generally, you have the same idea, you got the same goal. And especially in dorms, like freshman mm -hmm. year, and you're crammed into, oh, yeah. you know, a room, <laughs> a, a tiny room with 11 two by 11 people feet, yeah. <laughs> and going like, all right, live together for nine months. Yeah. You're, you, there is a sense of going, okay, look, honestly, we should just be cool because I don't want to murder you. You don't want to murder me. <laughs> Let's just, you know, and and I'm there, not saying there's that. There's a lot of like worse scenarios, so you're pretty good, right? <laughs> there's, <laughs> to, to one of my best friends out there, you know who you are. That's not the case yeah, for no, us. Exactly. That was not, yeah, yeah you know, all, all three of us know who this person is. That oh, was not geez. the case, but I think just generally kidding. it's, yeah, mutual goal mutual interests, or you could probably say mutual values at, mm, to some yeah. respect. Right. Because, yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're talking all about roommates right now. I want to dive into this just for a second, and then we're, we're going to go back to friendships. But how has living with friends impacted your friendships, rooming with them, being in a house together, Ooh, being in a question. dorm together? How have those things impacted your friendships? I definitely learned more. It's like almost having a spouse. You start oh, learning their... Yeah. <laughs> They're ticks, right? Yeah. So when I first roomed with my best friend, right, mm -hmm. I didn't know how much cereal he ate <laughs> and milk. So at first we started like, oh yeah, let's just, we'll buy groceries together and then split. You get what oh, you want, I'll get what I want and risky. we'll just split groceries, right? <laughs> and we would buy milk. And I think we bought, there was that one point we bought four gallons of milk. <laughs> and, and this is maybe an exaggeration, but this is how I remember it. He would drink all four. I would probably, out of each gallon, I'd probably get one cup, one cup of milk. So like, sounds like he and I would get along in the cereal gang. Yes, right? no, he actually likes the same cereal as you. Oh, okay. wait, what's okay? What's the cereal? Oatmeal squares. I, yep. Live oh, cereal. dude, yeah. Okay. Basically, most things made by Quaker, but also you know lately Cheerios. And uh, oh, you cheers know, are the worst. Oh, no, honey nut. Wait, wait, I mean, I, I don't. No, so boring. <laughs> wait, honey nut is not bad. Honey nut's okay. I, I will admit you it's hard for me taste. to eat just plain cereals, but I mean they're good snacking too. You just kind of no, but in. my mainstay is <laughs> oatmeal squares to the day I die. Thank you so much, Quaker. I will keep you in business forever. Thank you. Oh, oatmeal squares. I'm yeah, thinking oatmeal something different. I was thinking of frosted mini wheats. Oh no, oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think he bought frosted mini wheats once and was like, dude, no. Oh, frosted, yeah. <laughs> frosted mini wheats make your muscles bigger. That's a fact. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at me. <laughs> I, uh, it's like, I don't eat them. That's why you don't see them. <laughs> Sorry. Know. Anyway, okay, let's, let's, move on. let's move Back on. Back to your good old friend. You but, were yeah. living with him. You split groceries. You split groceries. Oof. And like, yeah, that was not a good, yeah. that was not a good idea. And then we figured out that, yeah, we should buy our own groceries because right. we buy different things you don't eat the same thing you don't, eat the, you don't eat the same things and so and then also just like you learn about certain things like cleanliness respect on who does what dishes and stuff like that like right. i have a bad tendency of leaving dishes unclean just sitting in the sink and then i'll wash them the next day but for him he was like yeah let's just put it in the dishwasher mm -hmm. and so like i never grew up with a dishwasher so i'm used to just hand washing everything yeah hand washing game for life hand washing only for life but like you understand now that it's just like we want to keep the sink clear. So mm -hmm. just put it in the dishwasher and then the dishwasher will take care of it. Mind you, some dishwashers suck at cleaning. And that's why you should hand wash 
but there we go. Don't, I'm with you 100% on this, dude. <laughs> Hand washing for life. Dude, but, okay, way. moving on. Sorry, but that's that's the thing is like when you room with your best friend or your friend and it's a roommate, it really tests the friendship. Mm -hmm. I think that's the main thing for me is it definitely was almost like I was living with a spouse. But not well, so it was just you two. You did mention at one point you had a third roommate. That, that was true? that was junior and senior year. We got a third roommate. How was that in relation to the three of you connecting as friends? That Having a third person added to the mix compared to two people. I will say our friendship separated a little bit more. Oh, okay. And this is where I'll come back to that in a little bit where I think the main thing was our friendship with the, or my friendship with the third person was probably more of a value situation because he got more connected with the other friend, my best friend. You're saying he had different values than you? He, I don't. Uh, not different values. Like basically he used me to get to him. Oh. <laughs> type situation. There are certain times where you'll have friendships in order to connect with another friend mm -hmm. or even better with them type mm -hmm. situation. I think that's what happened. Me and my friend, my best friend, started to kind of drift apart, mm -hmm. right? But I still consider my best friend. But that's where the drift apart part came in. The third roommate is kind of that almost... It almost felt like he's the one that almost destroyed our friendship in a way. Oh, yikes. Okay. Well, <laughs> that goes against what I was thinking. Uh, I was going <laughs> to kind of like explore the idea that adding more people into a household together actually eases the friendships between each other. But anyways, <laughs> well, it, <laughs> I'll explore that in my own life and not in yours, clearly. Because no, <laughs> your example didn't fly to that. <laughs> it, it also depends, too, because I think at that point, it was more of the friend was using us to get a certain thing that he wanted, right? And then, okay. but like for other roommate situations, there was definitely calling points where I'm like, you are a good friend, but then you know the saying, I would never live with you. Hmm. Well, you know, women, that's actually why I became friends and roomed with you <laughs> is um, because I could, I could become closer friends with Jake because you were friends with Jake and I was um, jealous about that. And I wanted to be What are you talking about? <laughs> you were friends with him before I, well, actually, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. It doesn't matter. Right? I just totally I think, made that up. <laughs> I think it was about the same time, just separate. Yeah. yeah, honestly. No, I did forget when I had asked this question about living with friends, I it kind of slipped my mind. Wayman and I lived together for almost a whole year. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. And clearly that put a lot of strain on our friendship and <laughs> we've never been the same since. It's been very difficult for us to see each other eye to eye when we're like, oh God, all I can think about is your dirty dishes in the sink, you nasty little... You live in Meridian. I'm just trying to enjoy... I want to be in Boise. <laughs> I'm just trying to enjoy a bowl of, of cereal. oatmeal squares, mm -hmm. and then there's Wayman. Can't wash your dishes, and you can't wash your bowl yet. No, you put it in the dishwasher. You know the dishwasher doesn't clean it well, so you just can't. And I have just had enough. No, but that tore you know, us apart. Really, <laughs> that example is like one of the situations of the house that we lived in. Like yeah, that's that right. whole scenario. I remember the house. Oh I, man, that was a Jake. Jake never forgets. <laughs> that was an experience. Uh, anyways, no, it's funny though because you know I don't feel like our friendship changed mm -mm. as a result of living together in that aspect. You know, I and really I didn't think about that when I had asked that question. I was thinking more for like our longer lasting relationships. You know, I guess the the question came from this phrase or like thing that I'd heard when you're really good friends with people in high school and they're like, oh, but don't room with your best friend or that'll kill your relationship when you get into college. Yeah. Uh, you know, I personally didn't find that to be true, but you know, I'm curious. 
Jake, what have your experiences been with living with others, your friends? Love that you ask. Great question. No, so, (laughs) and change on a dime, just like that. I think I've realized something about it. The first roommate experience I had was college, like most people. Mm. And I had roommates up until 25. Mm -hmm. Then I moved out here and I've lived by myself until the old Roni slapped us. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the current living situation where temporarily moved in with Two of our dear friends, Brooklyn and Kyler, shout out Brooklyn and Kyler. We will name them because they know very much about this. (laughs) It's a completely different experience. And the only thing that I can attribute it to is maturity, Mm. in a sense. Because Hmm. through- Episode three. (laughs) Episode, shout out to episode three. (laughs) Connecting. But if you think about it, most people's first roommate experience is probably around age 18. And so I think how I was when I was- 18 and through my early 20s. I was stupid. You know, everyone's stubborn, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. a bunch of dudes in the household. Actually, I won't, I'm sure it's the same but different for women, but like get a bunch of young dudes in a household and so like, you know, yo, clean the dishes. No, you clean the dish. What are you, my mom? You didn't just, have, you know, and you, it's, it's like this head mm-hmm. game. Completely different if you happen to have roommates in your mid 20s, maybe later, because I feel like everyone grows up and then there's this more, there's more of a mutual respect of mm-hmm. going, Hey, you know what? I'll do my part. I'll empty the dishwasher. I'll load the dishwasher. You do. It's just a more mature Mm -hmm. setup. And I could just be generalizing a lot, but in my experience, I mean, it was fine back in my teens and twenties of having roommates, but I just, I feel like even myself, I bring so much more of a matured mindset to being roommates where I don't get fired up about stupid things like I used Mm. to be, you know? Or like swallow your pride if someone's like, hey, man, do you, do you mind doing the dishes? I'm not going to be like, well, well, you do dishes. You tell me what to do. You, you're the one who dirtied all these pots. You want, huh? You're the one that's eating oatmeal, pile driving oatmeal squares <laughs> in your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, for real though. You know, really, this goes to show to all of our young high school fans <laughs> listening out there. <laughs> don't be an ass. Uh, we don't, we don't have any fans in high school. That'd be strange. Just kidding. But, uh, you know, it's okay to room with your friends, in my opinion. Well, also Jake's. My experience was, it didn't matter. I was good friends with people. I decided to room with them. We became better friends. None of that changed. We were okay. If you're good, normal people and you can have good conversations and not be passive aggressive and like slowly build up bent rage at each other about dirty dishes, <laughs> you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, I will say another thing that helps. If you can find a household that involves more than one kitchen, that is, oh, that's, that's the key. <laughs> the less you can put more people in the same kitchen, the better. I've just determined that uh, that is the highest point of contention between people because it turns out food is a very emotionally close <laughs> part of our lives and that cleanliness can be like, oof, it's, it's, it's tearing me apart, Lisa. Mm. That's, that's okay. <laughs> Lisa, I should have known. God. So the connections that I've had with friendships leading into rooming with each other have just been really phenomenal. But I will say one thing that made a big difference was the more people we added together into a household, the better. And, and this is not just what I've seen for myself, but also what I've seen for other people as well. If it's just two people paired together, it feels more like what Wayman was saying, which is feels like I'm like experiencing my friend as a spouse. Whereas if you add, you know, two other people into the scene, three other people, four other people, you know, fun fact, I actually lived with seven people in college. It was absolutely phenomenal. The best thing about that is you all feel like you have privacy in the sense of you're not constantly seeing the same person all the time in the same places 24-7. 
That happens when you live with just one other person all the time. I feel when you live with a ton of different people, you vary it all the time. You're never quite sure who's going to be in the living room, who's going to be watching some uh, something on the telly, who's going to be <laughs> cooking something up on the second floor uh, grill. There's there's no grill on the second floor. What am I talking about? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying, though, where the more you can diversify and change up the scene so that it's not constantly you and that one other person being there all the time, constantly seeing each other. I feel like that's where people get those kinds of ideas like familiarity breeds contempt and don't ruin with your best friend or it's going to ruin it. But I guess the things that work really well are clearly figure out your kitchen situation, (laughs) have great communication and try and add some more people into your house. That's my personal recommendation. Shout out to all the high schools out there going out to college. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, Dude, actually on that, you know what my, here's what my advice is. If you want to be a killer roommate and have a killer experience, live by yourself for a while mm. and then become roommates. Cause that, True. then you have to pick up after yourself. There's no mom and dad, aren't, <laughs> yeah. like they aren't there to pick up after you. You actually have to deal with your own. You got to handle yeah. your own business. And then when you get into a roommate situation, I found even myself, man, I was like, I've always been pretty clean living with roommates in the past that was kind of like yeah man whatever dishes is cool yeah man i'll tell you what i moved out here live by myself and all of a sudden now you know in any time not that this happens but man if there's a sink full of dishes right now that everyone contributed to now i'm Mm -hmm. like oh i'll just clean up it's okay yeah no i'm like no worries i got it and it's a completely different live by yourself first true you know and as you say that too i sense that sense of maturity where it's just like you know what I'll swallow my pride and just do all of the dishes for everyone. It's not yeah. a big deal. Just bite the bullet yeah. and just be like, this really does not define our friendship. You know, yeah. like freaking dirty dishes. I'm not going to let that be the point of contention between what could be a really cool friendship. You know, God bless you, Jake, for being so mature. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs> I hope so on the cusp of the big three O here. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> Ooh, scary. <sighs> So I'm going to back to the birds of the feather flock together and relatability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have found that the more I age, the more important relatability has become. I'm not sure exactly why this is, but the more I start to care about that when I'm looking for new friends and the more likely I am to like kind of let a potential friendship slide. Even if I do have like this clicking connection, as we're talking about, if I don't have that deep sense of relatability, it's not as likely to land. So one of those things in terms of what is like relatability even mean in the first place and how do you gauge it with other people? I think it's that sense of what Jake was saying, which is you feel like you know this person really, really well. 50% of them, you always are like guaranteed to know. And whatever changes in life, they're still going to maintain that part of them that you can always rely upon. And they always know that side of you. There's something deeply satisfying about being known. This is a vulnerable part of me right here saying like, there's less important things in the world than the feeling of being known. I've determined that that's something I really strive for in life because it's my way of battling the sense of loneliness (laughs) as an adult. I genuinely feel like the more I can feel known, the more I feel connected to the world and have a sense of meaning and purpose in life. But that doesn't happen right away. And I really think I'm more drawn to the type of people who almost instantaneously feel that sort of connection of 
oh my gosh, you really know who I am and know me and know my humor. You know the way I'm going with this sentence, the way I'm going with this direction of conversation. You can predict how I'm going to go here and you know these things without me explaining them all to you. There's nothing wrong with a good connection in which I have to like elaborate and explain myself to someone. In fact, I enjoy that. But there's something even more beautiful about being deeply known and understood by someone in that relatable sense in which they already know and understand without you explaining. I think that's a beautiful thing that we all kind of strive for in life. Do you suppose you guys relate to that? Well, yeah, because human connection, it's at its core, like a lot of things, I think it's people connecting in order to help each other to navigate this life. What is this, right? And so let's dramatize this. Let's make this kind of extreme. But let's say you're going through a situation, you don't really know how to handle it. You go to someone and you go, here's the situation. Here's how I'm feeling about it. You know, what do you think? What feels really good and what isn't super encouraging and inspiring is when people go, oh, I, I understand. I, I totally get it. And here's how, you know, this is what I think. That feels really good because it's like, oh, there's help here. They can help me. Imagine that same situation going to someone going, here's this thing. Here's where I'm at. I don't know how I feel about it. And then I think one of the worst feelings as a human is to have that person go, oh, yeah, I don't understand. I don't get it. And yeah. you're just like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I told you. I, um, <laughs> okay. I guess I'll see you later. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. being shut Where does down. it go from there? Yeah. There's there's nothing more there. And mm. so I think that's one of the, the themes that it's base of birds of feather flock together is because whether it's cultural or identity or situational, yeah. we're looking for that connection. We're right. looking to say, I'm experiencing this thing. And we're looking for that person to go, me too. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you, Wayman. Uh, I mean, I think that's that that just sums up what a friend is. is. It's that person that will always have your back in a way, right? And it could be in a different sense in like mm. I'm in a really tough situation. I'm not sure what to do. And if that person doesn't relate to that situation, it could mean that they just didn't have the experience, but it is more of having the friend be able to even just say, dude, that sucks. But here's what we can do, or here's what you can do, and here, let me help you do this. That's what a friend is. Totally. Yeah. Someone who maybe they don't understand, but as long as they go, yeah, it's tough. I don't, I don't understand, but how can I help you? How can, what can we do? Like, I'm yeah. here for you. Almost like interpreting the part of life that you don't understand. And that helps with that outside perspective, I think. Well, maybe that's a striving to understand, even if they don't. Yeah. The idea there is still being they want to know you and they want to take the time to know and understand you. Right. This does make me actually think back to my roommates because in a really weird way, if you would have taken the eight people that were all living in that house in college, so me and seven other people living together, if you were to say like, oh, are all these people friends? If you just pick them randomly out of a crowd, you'd be like, but I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> it's because we didn't have relatability in the kind of classic sense of, <laughs> I don't know why this is coming to mind, but like, if you were to try and match with people on Bumble as friends, I don't know. Which you, <laughs> which you can do. Which, oh, yeah, which you can true. do. Yeah. If you have a friend side. You, you, can, you can flip it to like friend mode or something like that. I don't, I've never tried it or no one, I don't understand how it works, but I feel like it would basically be like you have similar connection points or something like oh there's these correlations where you both like sports sports can we add to that okay, example tangent, there yeah. tangent part on this so like you're on <laughs> you're on bumble and you switch to the friend mode 
Are you just looking specifically at the photo? Or are you going to actually like <laughs> scroll to the actual description? Oh you know, that that is how I pick my friends is I look first through all their photos. <laughs> Do they have a dog? Yes. Okay. Sweat, right? <laughs> no, but it got me to think back in the day. I don't know if our audience knows this, but I'm an app developer. And one of the things that I've strived to do is create apps that connect people. But I've realized it's a really difficult thing to do. So that's kind of why I bring a bubble. Just having these correlations in terms of, say, key identities or like, you both have these two interests in common. That doesn't always cut it in terms of what makes a really good friendship. Right. My point is that the friends that I made in college and we all roomed together and we all had an amazing time together. We spent two years living together in a giant house and had a incredible memories, some of the best times of my life. None of us had these correlations. The only thing that brought us together and that we all shared in common is that we all lived in the same dorms on the same floor during our first two years of college. It's the only thing in common that we had. And we all went to the same school, obviously. But, you know, a couple of us shared the same majors, but for the most part, we all had different backgrounds, different family upbringings, different relationships outside of like our core friendships, different interests, all sorts of things. We all had wildly different personalities too, yet we had an amazing connection. Mm. You know, I don't exactly know how that came to be, <laughs> other than I have this feeling that we all had the willingness at the same time, though, to say like, hey, I want to understand you, I want to know you more, and I enjoy the things that we're doing together, and we have all these things that bond us together in a general sense that makes our connection meaningful. We spent time together in lots of cool different ways. Let's keep doing that. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Could you almost condense that down to then let's go back to values. Let's bring it full yeah, circle because right. I completely agree. I've had friends before and maybe it hasn't lasted where there's been plenty of similar interests, mm. but that's not to say that similar interests won't lead to a good friendship. But mm. I think in the situation you've laid out of college, yeah. So wildly different backgrounds, everything. However, in a sense, I think your values are the same. You're there mm. at this one place for the same reason, probably you're all have the same mindset of being, okay, I'm at college. This is new. Yeah. I want to make friends. So everyone almost, again, lots of generalizing here, but everyone is kind of open-minded to make friends and to learn about people because you're all trying, you're all doing the same thing, yeah. same objective in a sense, same values. Right. A common goal. Yeah, no, honestly, so one thing comes to mind too, this one individual, bless his soul, but at the same time, I hated him. I hate the, I, I don't usually hate people, but this guy, for some reason, like I hated, and I don't know why. Well, I actually knew why. <laughs> and I have no reason. I have no, there was no reason to hate the guy. Immediately, I was like turned off. I was like, I don't want to be this guy's friend. This guy's weird. Are you um, talking about me? Yeah. No, okay. no, he just goes, so anyway, this yeah. person. But I almost didn't have him as a friend. If I didn't actually open up my mind, right? And actually open up my values to where I was closed-minded. But when I started working with him more, I started finding out that we had more connections, more values, and actually started to understand each other more to where now we're connecting. And we're pretty good friends. It's actually a awesome lasting relationship that I think can hmm. go further on. And that would have sucked if I was if I didn't open up. You know what mm. I mean? And considered all the factors right. in that relationship slash friendship. Unfortunately, I think that relationships in general, whether it's friendships or romantic or anything, I feel like more and more you kind of every all these relationships there. It's like dating where you have number one, you have to be open minded to give it a shot. And number two, there's a good chance that 
maybe it doesn't work out or there's going to be friends that you make that eventually down the road for whatever reason it's just you're going to drift apart you're right. going to things are going to change and mm. some friends you'll keep for life some fade in and out and that's just you got to play the game otherwise <laughs> if you don't want to play the game then you can just be lonely in your parents basement for i <laughs> <laughs> just kidding but any relationships, it's all like dating. You have to be open-minded. You have to give it a shot. Right. But this does come back to the idea that women had brought up before, which is even though there might be an initial click with someone that you meet for the first time, it does take a jump, a leap. And to that, it means intentionality, right? Yeah. Someone has to be intentional about fostering the relationship into a great friendship. And also, this is something I want to talk about too, which we kind of talked about in terms of our longest lasting friendships. But how do you personally foster and continue and maintain your relationships today? Your friendships that you're like, actually, I don't want that one to fade away. And I really hope that it never does. So I'm going to take the extra time, go out of my way to, well, what do you guys do? What is it that you do to maintain that? So I am going to reverse it and basically say, how do I not maintain a friendship? <laughs> is okay. Because how I actually foster a friendship and maintain that friendship is definitely communication. I think that's the hugest thing with okay. any type of friendship. Like what, what get deeper into that? Because that's mean, very general. I mean, communication wise, in regards to like texting, phone calls, FaceTiming, okay. definitely those meetup type situations. For example, yesterday we did a Zoom meeting. Right. Just actually creating those moments to where we can all communicate together. So intentionally seeking out conversations. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now the opposite is me ghosting. So I basically will <laughs> right. not say anything. And I just basically kind of drift in the background like a ninja and just like. <laughs> the smoke bomb and then oh, there's no more wings. Yeah. Like that's that's basically how I would know that the friendship that we had is not there anymore. It's not something that I want to continue because it happens. Some friends, you just don't want to continue because it can be toxic. Even, sure. even if you want, even if it was in the best intentions, mm -hmm. you know, the reason why you're friends with that person is because there is some type of care aspect mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. So of the ones that you really do care about, though, what intentionally do you prioritize in order to make sure that friendship sticks? I always I seek out to make sure that I always interact with them in some sort of fashion. Mm -hmm. And that's where that communication comes in. Definitely intentionally try to set up times to hang out. And if, you know, if the other person is busy at that point, it's kind of one of those like, okay, cool. Well, I know they're busy at this week. Then let's just try again next week. It's something that I will continue to try and strive for. And that's how I try to continue that relationship. Whether that be, you know, I wouldn't say shower them with gifts, but just remembering birthdays or Christmas and just like, hey, dude, ha Merry Christmas or happy birthday. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for the friendship. And it's not yeah. like I'm paying them for the friendship, right? No, this, <laughs> are y'all familiar with the uh, five love languages? <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> Wait, can you explain? Gift, gift giving. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. Uh, not to get into that. That's a very overly generalized sense of like how people prioritize other people uh, and give them affection or give them attention or make sure they're cared for. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality I time. I love you. Let's spend time together. Gifts. Here's a gift. Acts of service. I'll clean the dishes for you. <laughs> and physical touch. Mm. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but what you're describing here is like various levels of that. It, well, this, sorry, this is me interpreting what you were just saying. You're like, like my gifts aren't like me buying them. It's like, yeah, no, no, no. This is a way of you showing that you care, right? Yeah. 
And I think like, honestly, when it comes to friendships, if it's a friendship that I want to continue and foster, I treat it like family. So I will always put them almost ahead of me in a sense. Like I always take care of my family. If anybody wasn't having issues or something is going on where they need assistance, I will always make sure that they have the support from me. Yeah, as we talked about in our last podcast, that's yeah. a role you like to have in most of your relationships. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that just, again, it goes to show that's how you care for your friends. Yeah. So for all the listeners out there who are friends of Wayman, this is how he <laughs> expresses <laughs> his friendship towards you, and he uh, means to stay good friends with you for quite some time. Mm. <laughs> all right, uh, Jake. Well said. <laughs> Jake, what about for you? How do you maintain your closest connections? You're like, look, this friendship, I value this a ton. I want this to stick with me for a long time. How do you prioritize that? A lot of my friends aren't in the area and they're scattered across the nation. So just text and phone call, honestly. I think it's, I'm someone who's very intentional with communication and even time in person. Quality time Mm. is one of my big love languages. So it's simplest that if I reach out via text or phone call, or we're just hanging out doing whatever it is, it means we're cool. means we're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just simply put. What about you, David? I've come to realize that relationships in general, whether they're friendships or more romantic and intimate or whatever it might be, the key for maintaining it is just a level of priority that it has in your life. You can tell how deep your connection with someone is depending on what level of priority it takes in their life. And I think that plays out so differently for everyone. That's the idea of love languages, right? All personalities are varied in terms of how they express care and affection and those sorts of things. But really, it's just how often is that person prioritized? Mm. And when they are prioritized, what does that mean? Does that person go out of their way to make sure that you're involved with their life? Things like that. I know this is a very general sense, but I've come to realize that in a weird way, like prioritization is in a nutshell, what makes a friendship different from just a random person that you know. is someone intentionally prioritizes to reconnect again and again and again and again throughout life. Sometimes those things drift away and that's just because, uh, well, maybe it's not as high priority. But still, that's an interesting thing to come back to, which is, you know, (laughs) we all have those friends that's, you know, I might not have been keeping in close contact with you, but I still care about you a whole heck of a lot. And if we hang out again, I want it to be just like we had hung out yesterday, even though maybe I haven't talked to you in a year. So that's a really interesting thing, because even as I'm saying this, I'm like, I know I've had some really solid connections that I'm learning. I need to be way more intentional with them. I need to prioritize them. I need to set aside time to say like, hey, you're an important part of my life. I haven't expressed that to you in any way in a year. I'm really sorry about that. But look, you mean a lot to me. And I do hope that we're still cool. You still cool? And for some people that works out, you know, I'll I'll be honest, that works out really great for some of my dude friends from high school. (laughs) Because we all have this just chill level of, dude, I don't care. Let's let's hop on some games or something. Make sure you stop by if you're in town. But beyond that, they don't expect much. Again, that comes back to the expectations of respect. I think at that point, it's it's like give and take. Because mm-hmm. there are certain friendships that are more casual. There are friendships that are only almost like at acquaintance level. And then there's friendships that are at that higher tier. Like you're saying, yeah. you need a match. Yeah. And really, that's kind of what I'm getting at is the depth of relationship mm. is probably a gauge of what level of priority does that relationship have in your life. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
I agree. <laughs> no, and that's definitely something that I have learned over the over the years too. It's relationships. Again, I'm just going to equate it to dating. It, it takes work from both sides, even for a friendship. And that's something that I just assumed for years that like, oh, we're friends and we click and eh, no effort. Mm-hmm. Like neither of us need to put in effort. We're just, you know, it just yeah. works. But that's not how it works. There's some level of mutual give and take, reaching out, whatever that looks like. I think one question that I have in regards to friendship is just do you, when you actually consider somebody to do friendship. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. But. When I ask someone to do friendship with me. <laughs> just, Hi, Wayman. But, will you do a friendship with me? <laughs> but just on a friendship level, like, because there's a certain part of me where if I want to be friends with somebody, when I first see them, there's a physical type of connection that has to kind of meet. Do you look at a physical standpoint of the person or more of what we were talking about values and philosophical stuff? Because I know for me, there are certain friends that I make because when I first saw them, I'm like, dude, this guy's really cool. How he dresses, what he does with his hair, stuff like that, his mannerisms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the situation for me. It's just like, okay, cool. I want to get to know this guy. But if it was some person that was just like, wow, this guy really smells or this guy doesn't take care of himself or something like that. I would probably be off-putted and be like, I really don't want to be friends with you. But then over time, he changes that. And then we find mutual values that we connect with. Mm. So I guess like the question is, do you attract friendship at a physical level? Or is it more of a value level that we discussed before? It has to be both. You have to, there has to be well, I guess we'll just say physical attraction. There there has to be something <laughs> that draws you in first because it's impossible to know someone's values if you're walking down the street or where, wherever it is, you look at someone and you go, I don't like your values. Like you don't even know the person, you haven't even <laughs> yeah, said a word. Yeah. So there's gotta be, there has to be that entry point. There's gotta be that first something to initiate a conversation. Mm. And that's where you find out same values, different values. And then you kind of assess it further and go, okay, actually, I feel like we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know what we should do? We should hang out. And like we were talking about earlier, <laughs> next step. Yeah, that's actually how the first friendship among humans began. They're like, huh, you know, we kind of both share this. Yeah, look at you. You're another human. We look at our values. They're pretty similar. What if we intentionally hang out another time? And the other guy says, why? Like, yeah, come on, it's simple. This, it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll regularly... Whenever we feel like it, we can hang out again. He's like, oh, and that was how the first friendship began. Hey, you got two arms. I got two arms. Similar values. We like slapping the arms around together. (laughs) I love these arms. I try to fly with these arms all the time. And I see you jumping off a cliff and go great. You flapping your arms like I do. Yeah. Similar values. So... For me personally, I think it really comes down to two things. One is, again, to wrap it back to understanding each other. Mm. Do we have that relatability in terms of almost an unspoken way of connection? And without saying it outright, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, where you're coming from, and I can relate to it. So there's that level. But then there's there's this other aspect, which we haven't really touched on too much, but I think is super relevant for me personally, which is what types of conversations am I capable of having with this person? For me personally, conversation is a huge part of my relationships. As any of you who are friends with me might know, if I'm able to have 
all kinds of conversations, every type of conversation, we're probably going to be good friends. You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm gauging a connection with someone, I'm like, oh, we probably wouldn't be able to have that many quality, deep, crazy conversations. It's probably just going to be a lot of surface level stuff. The connection's only going to go so far. There's not going to be a deeper level of connection that's going to be defining what stands out to me as those core friendships that last throughout the lifetime. For me, those need understanding and then this ability for me to have a genuine conversation with them about pretty much everything. I think that's also how I maintain good psychological health. So that's what I look for in friendships. And that's how I know, okay, this one's going to be really important. One that I really want to maintain. One that's worth being very intentional about is, hey, this friendship, I can have all kinds of great conversations and they're going to be mutually beneficial. We're both going to have a great understanding. We're both going to, through these conversations, through these recorded therapy sessions <laughs> Boom. we're gonna have some great insights into ourselves into each other develop better understanding about our lives and the world overall mm. that's usually what i seek out in a great friendship is because we're all trying to make it through this life we're all trying to figure this whole big old thing out what's the deal with life what's the deal with jake <laughs> and as we're doing that, it's nice to have people along the way to help us out. That's what I'm looking for. That's a good way to wrap it up. That was a nice way to sum it up. We're all just looking for pals. We're trying to figure out this life thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're man. just looking for pals. I definitely cherish this friendship that we have. Actually, Wayman, I appreciate you saying that. And I'll return the favor. I extremely value all of our friendships together individually. I feel like this podcast is actually a product of almost, I think, of four years of Mm -hmm. kind of building to this. Not only as the three of us hang out together, but then David and I hang out individually, Wayman and I hang out individually. The culmination of all the conversations that we've had together separately about this, all of this. this Life. (laughs) So we'll wrap it up. But I just want to say thanks for everyone for listening. Again, we keep getting killer feedback. I encourage people, if you have topics or questions, comments, concerns, we have a Gmail account. Again, we are official. So recordedtherapysessions at gmail.com. Emails. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. Oh, sorry. Let me get there. I'm sorry. I got it too quick. I was like, Instagram. <laughs> well, apparently Gmail is not important anymore. So we're going to delete that email account, actually. <laughs> don't so don't even bother. <laughs> Don't even waste your time. <laughs> Actually, and we'll bring on Gerald really quick to talk about the Instagram account that he created for us. So, Gerald, come on on. Okay. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. hey, boys. Great episode as usual. You guys have... I love it. I love your voices. Wayman, you, you're sweet. You sound like an angel. A question for you. Does China have a different heaven than... <laughs> The U.S. <laughs> Gerald, no, um, no, same heaven, same. Oh, okay, sorry. So anyway, the boys Can't got wait. an Instagram account, uh, rts.pod, follow them, and uh, David sends photos to you uh, from the, ins- you uh, email, f- uh, share the photos. That Yeah, that's right, um, Gerald, I do have... And the ability to send photos through the Instagram account. That is correct. To yes. the, to, if so, um, let's say that Wayman's brother that right. he doesn't have uh, is like, hey, send me a photo. Right. He can use these websites. Doubt. Yeah. Oh, you don't even need to download it. That's the beautiful thing. These days, oh. websites are so cool. I'll send you a link. Links are really nice. Um, Yeah, links... Oh. So good. And I tell you what, these websites, so advanced these days, Gerald. I told everyone that it was a phone app. 
Yep, that's that's a wonderful thing too. Yeah, it's but also it an is app. not. It's both. You how is it both? We'll touch into this later, Gerald. But um, I I I'm frustrated. <laughs> It's, a, it's okay, Gerald. It's okay. Just take it no, one step like, at a time, you know? This is, a, this is a wonderful part of Instagram is that it's available both on website and on app, just as your email is. You know, email us, send us comments, hop in our DMs. I'm not sure if Gerald knows what those are, but that's okay. Um, DM, Diane, Diane Marshall. I dated her back in 61. Yeah, so, that was uh, the we're year. Gonna- <laughs> She was a beautiful lady. She had this gorgeous curly hair. Right. So, um, uh, Jake, I, Jake, uh, can you? It was wonderful. Ger- Gerald's on his. Gerald's on hey, his thing. No, yeah, it's fine. Hey, okay, thank you, Gerald. W- no, I, Diane was beautiful. Yeah, so, Gerald. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. Just and hop into our that. our Diane Marshalls if you have a chance. Ask us any <laughs> questions that you'd like. <laughs> just slide on into those Dianes. Yeah. That's it. Let's call it. <laughs> Give nucks? Yeah. Give nucks. Three, two, one. Oh, I think that was pretty good. That was some solid oh, nucks. I think I hurt myself.